and welcome to the Maternity Podcast, where we're chatting all things mom. Hi guys, welcome back. Um, We've got another super fun episode today, and we are actually recording with our mom. And so we're going to start off, she actually has a funny story to share um, about our youngest brother, and then we'll jump into talking about some other stuff. First of all, I'm just super excited to be here as the mom of the moms on maternity. And I do have a funny story about my youngest son. So one day, on a sunny day, I was upstairs. And I came down the stairs and I was like, what is that shadow? Like the sun is being blocked by something huge on my front porch. So I step outside and there's 13 Amazon boxes, like huge Amazon boxes. And I'm like, what in the world? So my first thought was, okay, Glenn and Nicole are my brother and sister-in-law. Two houses down have the same last name. It must have been something they ordered for their business. And, um, but then I looked at the boxes and it was actually our name on the boxes. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what is this? Cause I know I didn't order anything. So I call my husband. I'm like, did you order something? Like for a split second, I was like, he ordered all of Christmas. This is so great. But no, he hadn't ordered anything. So he goes on to Amazon and he looks and he's like, it's 13 Paw Patrol couches. <laughs> I'm like, what? So it turns out that our four-year-old son had gotten onto Amazon and had ordered 13 Paw Patrol couches. And um, it's just, Amazon has made our life so easy ordering that he just could order himself. Like he can barely spell. And actually after I was thinking about it a few days before that, I was in the kitchen working and my four-year-old's on the computer and he's like, mom, how do you spell Paw Patrol couches? And I'm like, P-A-W. And I spell it out. I had no idea he was ordering 13 Paw Patrol couches off Amazon. Amazon luckily has also made it very easy to return things and they were very kind and we did return it all except one that I saved for his gift for Christmas. But I was thinking if they hadn't been $40 each, I would have seriously invited like 12 of his friends over, his little four-year-old friends, and we would have had the funnest little Paw Patrol party, but we didn't. Too expensive. So got those shipped back. Thank you, Amazon. Perfect. (laughs) All right. One last thing before we get into the interview, we'll go ahead and introduce our mom just a little bit about her. Megan, do you want to introduce her? So this is our mom. Her name is Cindy McMillan. She has six kids. I'm the oldest and the youngest is Ben and he's seven years old. She has two grandkids, which are my two kids, um, and she loves music. She's going back to school to become a teacher, and she just loves being a mom. All right, let's jump into the interview. Do we want to start? Lots of times we start with having guests just tell, like, their mom's story. So you want to just kind of give us kind of your story? Okay. My mom's story started back when I was probably like three years old and I started mothering my baby dolls, (laughs) which I wouldn't mention except I have only one other sister, seven brothers, and my one other sister never wanted to play with dolls. I find that very interesting, but I always wanted to play with dolls, so that's kind of interesting. In fact, even when I was older, like in high school, I still had my dolls in my room, you know, decorating my room, and when some boys came and asked me to junior prom by hanging my dolls up in my room, it was not a good thing. <laughs> I was very angry because they were like, I take care of my dolls, you know, just like my babies. So that's kind of a telltale sign of how I was as a mom, how I am as a mom. I 
always wanted to be a mom and I always thought I'm gonna be the best mom ever and I'm gonna take such good care of my kids and we're gonna sing together and we're gonna have cookies together and have balloons together and blow bubbles and all the kinds of things that moms do and I just like had a really cool vision of being a mom and having my little kids with me. Um, I did go to some college after high school but I hadn't really decided what I wanted to do because I just really wanted to be a mom and so I did quit partway through my college career to become a mom, which sometimes I do regret. I do think, I wish I had just finished a degree, but um, I am going back and finishing my degree now. So sometimes life doesn't go in the order that you think it's gonna go. But I did raise six kids and they are quite spread out, which has been a challenge for me, but it also has been good because I kind of like to focus on one kid at a time. But I had three little girls, two years apart, pretty much maybe a little less than two years apart on each one and at that point with three kids I thought oh my gosh I can't handle it so there's a little break in between and then I thought I'm gonna have one more girl and then I ended up having a boy and I'm like wait I have one more girl I'm supposed to have so then I had another boy three years later and I'm like wait that wasn't my girl and I thought hmm I don't know if I'm gonna try for another but several years later I was at, I well, I just had a feeling, let's just say, because that's a long story, but I just had a feeling I'm just going to have one more kid. And when I went to my very first appointment and the doctor said, do you want to know what it is? And I said, yes. And she said, it's a boy. And I'm like, what? She's like, I said, how sure are you? She said, like, I hate to use 99.9. And I'm like, what? I cannot believe it. So I, I had to end on that boy. I never had that other girl that I thought I was going to have. But so I do have quite a distance between my kids. So trying to come up with activities to do as a whole family with a child that's 23 and a child that's like six or seven years old, that is a difficult challenge. But I think it's been working out pretty good. And now all three of my girls are gone from home and now we're down to just having these three boys at home. So it's been interesting to live the life as a girl mom and the life as a boy mom. Awesome. I'm um, kind of along those lines. One of the questions that I want to talk about is with like our big age gap and with having so many different kids, I feel like we all have very different interests and we're all into like super different types of hobbies. So I'd love to hear your take on because I know at some points in our life you tried to just force us all to do the same things and then at other points you let us kind of pick our own hobbies. I'd love to know your take on like helping your kids into like their different hobbies and interests. Okay, I think about this all the time because how we have parented is very different than how our parents parented. So when we first got started out with our family, I did have in my mind this vision of all of my kids doing the same things and we would just all be into the same thing together, especially because I had three girls, right? So we were all gonna do piano lessons because I play the piano and I wanted all my girls to be able to play the piano. We were all gonna do dancing lessons because I did dancing lessons and I just wanted my kids to be dancers, you know? And we were all gonna take singing lessons and be in the little kids or music choir and it was just gonna be so fun together. But after a while, I started to realize my kids do not all like this. <laughs> They're not all necessarily even good at this. Or should I, like everyone just had different talent levels, you know? And I thought, um, I think it was the day that we went to Kids Are Music and I have all my girls and all, you know, because we would carpool with, our, with my nieces and stuff. So we have this whole carload of kids 
and Megan was in the front seat and she did not want to go to Kids Are Music. And I'm like, get out, get in there, you know? And she's like, no, I don't want to go. And I'm like, get in there. Anyway, finally, I like basically had to like kick her out the door and shut the door (laughs) and leave her at Kids Are Music. And that day I was like, wow, (laughs) what am I thinking? Like, she doesn't want to go to Kids Are Music, right? Like, maybe there's something else that is her thing, which I... You know, if I, like, look back at it, I already knew that she had other things that were her thing, right? Because from when she was a baby, I knew that she loved animals. And not every baby loves animals like how she did, you know? And even when Ashley was a baby, I remember the day that she we went to Grandma's house and she was playing with the balls. I had taken you guys to Grandma's house all the time and you never were interested in the balls. But she was interested in the balls and I'm like, that's crazy. I just thought because I had girls, they didn't like to play with balls but it was just personality, right? And so I started to recognize, of course you did like singing, Heather, and so that was easy. But (laughs) so I'm like, wait a second, should I really try and like let them, this is gonna be hard because if everyone does something different, then I have to like put my, focus my energy and my time in so many different places. But I just decided, you know what, that's okay. That's okay. So then I started to kind of let people sign up for things that they liked. So I kind of signed Megan up for Horse 4-H. She loved Horse 4-H. I do not love horses, but I'm like, dang it, I'm going to be a good Horse 4-H mom. But it turns out I am not a Horse 4-H mom. Like I have things that I'm good at and not good at too, just like everyone else, right? And so I had to find someone else that could help her do that. So luckily, Aunt Nancy is good at horses. And so she could help her with horse 4-H, right? And so I had to kind of use resources. Luckily, I did know about singing and dancing and you did like singing and dancing. And so I knew where to take you to have an expert. But still, Jeanette was an expert in singing. And so I took you to an expert, right? Mm -hmm. And then with Ashley, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna sign her up for soccer because she loves balls. And honestly, when I first signed her up for soccer, she cried and cried and cried and she did not want me to leave and drop her off to soccer. But I could see in her that that was something that was actually a thing for her and a talent for her. And so I stayed through many soccer practices, even though that wasn't my thing, just having her go to soccer practice. And I made sure, like I had to introduce her to the coach and say, this is my friend, you know? And like, I had to coax her into doing it, but once she did it, she loved it. So then she was kind of into the sports mode. So it definitely takes way more time. And I do feel like it kind of splits up your family a little bit. So I'm sad about that, but sometimes I'm just like, you know what, but that's what, your talents were, and I like to cultivate the individual talents. Like dad's family, everybody just did farm work. That's just what you did. Like there was no option. There was no choice. You didn't choose, you know what? I want to stay after school and be in this, or I want to do this. It's like there was no choice. Like home was the center. And in some ways I think that's good because I do think that they were very united as a family and they worked together as a team really well. And I think that they had lots of experiences together that bonded them together. Um, But that is just kind of not how dad and dad and I don't have a specific thing that is our thing. And so it's kind of been a weakness, but it's kind of a strength too that we were open enough to say, what do you want to do then? Because we don't have a specific thing that we're trying to make you do. What is it that you want to do? And then we were open enough to let you do that. So, I don't know. There's pros and cons to both. Yeah, for sure. But I can say, can I just say that 
I do wish that there was one thing. I'm always searching for the one thing that would be our thing that we would do together. And I've never been able to figure out because I still haven't found what I'm searching for. That's my Enneagram. <laughs> I, I wish that there was something that I could say, guys, we're gonna get together and make Levi quilts for like homeless people or guys we're gonna get together and we're gonna go you know feed feed the homeless or do some kind of a service or something to get like I wish that there was something that was the same for all of us but I haven't figured that out yet I'm not sure what it is I would love to say let's all go and do a Christmas musical program for the people at the assisted living center every Christmas but that's not where our talents lie so I'm still kind of searching for that thing that's kind of bonding that could knit our family together because it is kind of difficult with the different ages and different personalities. Everybody has some different thing they want to do. Okay, so you kind of talked about how you always, like, we're just so excited to do all the things that moms do, right? Like, do bubbles with your kids, do all those kind of things. Do you want to talk about how it was in reality, if it was, like, was like that or wasn't like that? In what ways? Does that make sense? Yeah. So, in a lot of the time it was like that. Like, I did, and I've talked to you about this a lot, I did have a pretty darn messy house for most of the first years of my family life because every, I love projects, and every day we had projects out. We had Play-Doh out, and we had crayons out, and we had all, just like toys that seriously filled our basement, <laughs> and there was nowhere to even step because there were so many toys, and it was just so creative, and I did, I did like that as a mom. I like to be able to have these projects that were going on, and we were like decorating cakes, and we were just doing so many fun things, but um, I often did feel... Like, oh my gosh, I'm such a bad mom. My house is such a mess. And oh my gosh, I never have dinner totally ready. Actually, actually, I did cook quite a bit, so that was part of our mess. But it's just like I felt sometimes like I wasn't on top of it. But when I look back at it, I think that I was on top of the most important things, right? That we were having so much fun together. And we did have lots of little picnics in the backyard. And we read stories on the trampoline. And we did do a lot of fun things like that. The only thing I didn't take into account when I was dreaming up my life is that every kid would have their own personality and that not every kid would love that life. <laughs> I'm like, wait, why are you ornery? Because I'm doing kid things with you, you know? Like, you should love this, you know? Like, think of Tell nowadays when I try and do stuff with Tell and it's like, um, yeah, come and do it the way I want you to do it. Don't do it the way you want to do it, right? And I did, I think that lots of our kids have that personality that they're like I want to do it the way I want to do it not the way you want to do it and so sometimes it wasn't as happy and flowing and loving as I thought it should be because everyone just had their different personalities about it so that was the thing I underestimated as a mom is that my kids would have their own ideas and they were in control of their own selves and I was not in control of them <laughs> <laughs> That is difficult. <laughs> <laughs> um, so one thing that you briefly mentioned just that you were talking about is cooking. Because I feel like in my mind, we, you were always cooking. Like we always had fresh food. And I think that's different from a lot of families. Like I think we were very lucky in that aspect that you did cook pretty much all of our meals. Yeah, that's true. I do cook a lot. And it's because one of the things that I love in life is health. 
I like the idea of being healthy and eating well. And so I always tried to cook real food, like from scratch, real things, lots of times from our own garden that we were growing. And that's just been an important piece to me in my life, my whole life, even from when I was young. And um, in fact, I went to school to be a dietitian in the first place. But then I was like, whoa, the chemistry of this is very difficult. And I decided that I wouldn't be so good at being a dietitian. But always health has been a big deal to me. So yeah, I liked to cook food. I make messes like crazy when I cook, but I'm just cooking everything from scratch. And it does take a long time, but it does feel good to feed my family real healthy food. I'd love to know your tips on like staying on top of cooking all the time, because I think you're pretty good at lots of that stuff. And I think that's something that lots of like new moms, especially might be having a hard time of being like, how do I stay on top of like cooking food while also taking care of my children? Especially when your kids aren't old enough to help with dishes. Yes. Yes. So mostly, I don't know if if you could say that I was on top of it. (laughs) I just spent a lot of time doing it because it was important to me. And so that is one of the reasons that our house is kind of a disaster is like I always did have a bazillion dishes out because I had been cooking. And like I said, cooking from scratch is a lot different than popping something in the oven that you had in the freezer or something. You just make so many dishes, so many dishes. And so dad would sometimes come home and be like, oh my gosh, what has happened here? And I'd be like, but look at this healthy food that we're eating. This is how I show my love. (laughs) Anyway, but here's the thing about dad is that he is actually really good at housekeeping. So he kind of learned to keep house when he was young because they had a farm. And one kid would always have to stay inside because they also had a business. So someone had to stay inside to answer the phones. And so that kid was in charge of doing laundry, doing dishes, sweeping up, mopping, whatever that needed to be taken care of in the house while everyone else was working and they would take turns. So he actually is really good at household stuff. And so he kind of liked it and he feels good about doing it. And he would come home and he would help me. So not everybody has a husband that helps them as much. But that's my tip. Get a husband. <laughs> Get a husband that's a really good at housework and really fast because he doesn't really, okay, sometimes he doesn't do it awesome. And I'm like, why did you put those things together in the laundry? But for the most part, he's just like really good at helping out around the house. And that has probably saved our lives. <laughs> so that's my tip of the day. Get a really good husband. <laughs> Maybe hire a housekeeper. I don't know. <laughs> tips like cooking wise though um hmm. like food prep type stuff using Uh, things well I don't know that is a good question I don't know if I'm good at it I just like I said I just like it so I spend just lots of time I actually really enjoy cutting vegetables (laughs) that's like a thing for me, when I was young, I worked at um, like this little mini mart, this little gas station, and one of my jobs was cutting the potatoes for the potato logs. And I remember one day I had this teacher that I had had a few years earlier, and he came in and he was getting a drink right by the kitchen where I was cutting, and he's like, "Wow, you do that really well." <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, that's so nice of you." Anyways, I thought that was kind of funny, but then a few years later in college. Because I decided the dietitian program was a little crazy, I started into a new uh, program that they had, which was 
like a half business major and a half culinary arts major. And so I got into the first cooking class and it was, we had to use our knives. Like we got a really nice set of knives that we had to buy for our class. And so I'm in there and I'm just cutting vegetables. And the professor came over and he's like, wow, you do that really well. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I must like have this talent of cutting vegetables. But like my mom cut vegetables a lot, right? And so I'm like, I must've gotten it from her. But so I've always felt good about myself and my vegetable cutting skills. <laughs> And I actually just really enjoy cutting up fresh fruits and fresh vegetables and just like making a meal that's just out of real whole good foods. It does, sometimes there is waste for sure when you're using stuff, especially anything that doesn't have preservatives. So I'll find like when I, I've made my own homemade bread for most of my life, that stuff just, you can't, it doesn't last very long and it's moldy. And I'm like, yay, every organism loves eating this. This is so healthy. Like you can take some things from the store, like a donut that we had like once from the store that like was in our cupboard and we forgot about it and it was there for like a month and we found it and it was still looked exactly the same. And I'm like, ah, oh, don't eat that. It's not edible. Mold won't even grow on this thing, you know? So I don't know, <clears throat> there is a lot of waste, but Another thing about cooking with Whole Foods is that they are cheaper. You can buy a lot of vegetables, like un, unprocessed vegetables, a lot of unprocessed food for way cheaper than you can buy processed food. So, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I just think, even if it was more expensive, which it could sometimes be, even if it was more expensive, I just think it's so worth it. What about your tips on using leftovers? Because I feel like as a kid, we ate leftovers a lot. And I don't know if that was yeah. more of a dad thing. Yeah, that was a dad thing because he's an accountant and he couldn't stand waste. But, I mean, you do have to use leftovers if you're going to be cooking like that because it takes too long. You cannot, it seems like you cannot keep cooking day in and day out from scratch and not use your leftovers. you got to use your leftovers. That's, that's probably the tip of how to cook like that is cook enough that you can eat it for a few days and be okay with eating it for a few days. It's healthy. It's good. It's like nourishing. You're not eating because it's like tasting good. You're eating because it's feeding you, you know? So I don't know. So kind of a theme that I'm pulling from this, um, is to pull off of your strengths in being a mom, right? Like you're saying you like That's to cook good. a strength of yours is to cook, so maybe if you're listening to this, if you're like me, you're like, eh, I'm, I'm just, I'm not very good cook. It's not something I enjoy. So like maybe that like would be a goal that'd be way too hard to try and like cook from scratch all the time. But like find what is your strength and what you do like, and be really good at that. And like that's okay. Like you don't have to be good at everything that everyone else is good at. I like that. And here's another thing that I've thought lately is that some of the things that I'm good at. I don't um, see as a strength. I kind of see it as like, oh, that's just like my little side hobby I do. It's not like a mom skill. And so I kind of put it, um, kind. I didn't use it well. Let's say I just didn't use that talent well in mothering. And I'm like, why didn't I use that? That was cool. That was unique to me. And I should have used that better than I did. Like the thing that I've been thinking about is music. I, in my family, we should have good music constantly. 
we should be singing around the piano. I should be singing lullabies to my kids. I should just have so much music going on in my house because that's who I am. But I've been looking at that as like a distraction to being a mom. And I'm like, oh, I have to not be constantly playing the piano. I have to not be, you know, constantly doing those things. I have to focus on my kids. And I'm like, oh no, this is what I should have been using because that's my skill that I could use. That's like my superpower. So I should have used that more often with my kids. I think about something in, I guess, society that people are kind of coming around to is it's not like be this one size fits all mold mom, but like be who you are. And that's how you'll be a good mom is through like by being yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I do think that there are some things that are difficult that you still have to try and do. And like, um, for instance, like saying your prayers, reading your scriptures, doing all, like having family home evenings, eating together as a family, all those things that we know that are good things that are gonna bless your family do not necessarily come easily to any of us. And lots of things that are the best things in life that you can do are hard to do. But you still have to try and do those things because you know that that's gonna create something that you want for your family. So sometimes you just have to be like, yeah, it's hard, and that's okay. It's hard, and I'm going to keep trying because I know that that is the thing to do. But I do agree that everybody does have certain talents, and if you can capitalize upon those talents, then it's not only like um, awesome for your family and your kids to enjoy, but it makes you feel like you didn't lose yourself when you had kids. It makes you feel like you're growing yourself as kids. And then... And then you don't have like this resentment of motherhood. Like I totally lost myself. I gave up all the best years of my life raising kids. You know, you're like, no, while I was raising kids, I developed this talent in me to a greater height than I maybe would have had any other opportunity to develop it. And so, yeah, I totally love that idea. And um, one other thing that someone, actually Ashley Machado told me this and it's really like stuck with me. She said like, you don't have to love every part of being a mom to like still be a good mom. She's, her example was, she's like, I hate giving kids baths, which I really resonated because I also hate that. She's like, you can hate giving your kids a bath and still love your kids. You can hate giving your kids a bath and still be a good mom. You can hate giving your kids a bath and still love being, a, like, being their mom and loving them and stuff. That doesn't mean you have to love every part. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So on a more lighthearted note, what's your best mom hack? Okay, does this have to be something I actually do or an ideal? Because <laughs> ideally, ideally, I think that one of the best things that you can do that I've heard before is that you can give each of your kids individual time every day, right? Not very long, or maybe not even every day, maybe like one kid a week or so, you know, like one kid on Monday, one kid on Tuesday. Anyway, but, um, but give them... 15 minutes of your time that you do whatever they want to do and you totally focus on what they love and that will bond them to you and that will give them enough of a relationship with you that when you ask them to do things they don't want to do they're more likely to go along with it and I think that that would make our lives easier so like dad and I have been trying to think of ways that we could have individual time with each of our kids especially since we have kids in such varied age groups and varied talents and ideas and abilities and um, it's just I think one-on-one time is probably one of the most important things that you can do with your kids to be able to have a relationship with them 
And here's something interesting. I've just been noticing this lately. On Grandma and Grandpa's 50th wedding anniversary, when we asked all the kids to write down a memory that they had with Grandma and Grandpa, and it was actually really hard for all the kids to write down a memory, even though we're like with them all the time. But I noticed that all of the kids that did have a memory, it was something that had happened with them one-on-one. -on -one. And then when I went down to visit Sister Harrop down the street the other day, and she was telling me about her, that her grandkids had all written a book about their memories with their grandma and given it to her for Christmas. And so I was reading through that book. Every one of the memories that they wrote was something that they did one-on-one -on -one with her, not when they were in a group. Not like, we loved every Christmas when we got together, or we loved every when we all got together. We loved this when we all got together. It was like one day... Grandma came and picked me up and took just me to Chick-fil-A and we went out to eat. And I'm like, that's so interesting. I think that the powerful imprinting moments are like one-on-one -on -one moments with your kids. So I think that's really important. That is interesting. Mm -hmm. What's a mom hack that you have used? <laughs> Dang. <laughs> okay, here's, here's a thing that I've actually done. Every Sunday, I've tried to have my kids write in their journal so that they could have a little remembrance of their life. And when they were tiny, I wrote in their journal. So some Sundays I was like writing in four journals on the Sunday, or I'd make dad write them, but he doesn't write the same as I do. Like I tell a story, he's just like, today we went to church or whatever, you know? So I like to write. So I, would, I got everyone a journal, and I started every single Sunday writing something in there. And I think that I don't know how it's gonna pay off, but I know that someday it will pay off, that the kids will all be like, thank you for making me do that. Because <laughs> I, I know that for my own self, because I've been writing a lot, you know, hopefully I've been trying to write every Sunday, but I am excited to go back and like pull out all the little stories from our family and make a little storybook of our stories, you know, and just say, hey, these are times when we had so much fun together. This is a time when we felt the spirit or, you know, just different stories that we can pull out as our family stories. I will say I do still write in my journal pretty frequently. Yeah. And that also has become one of like my positive coping mechanisms, I guess. So like, I think when I was 16, I went to Ghana for a month by myself. Well, it was with a group, but I was by myself for a lot of it. And journaling was like my coping mechanism. And I filled up almost an entire journal in the month that I was there oh, wow. just from writing so much. Um, and lots of it was just like, here's what we were doing. Like, here's what I've learned and stuff. But a lot of it too was also like, I'm super homesick. And so like, that was like something familiar I could do. And so I think that is something that at least has stuck with me. I don't know if anybody else is still writing in their journal, but. Yeah. I did regularly until I had kids and now I try to, but it's. It's hard to write in three journals. It really is, but I think that it will end up being worth it. And here's another thing that I had thought about journals recently is I wish that on the side of my pages of my journal, I would have written down if it was a story. Like the story of when Logan licked the worms or whatever, you know, that story. Or when, when Ben bought 13 Paw Patrol couches or whatever. I wish I would have written that on the side so I could go back and find it easily in there, you know. That's one thing that I wish. And then the other thing that I kind of wish is that every time I did have a story about a specific kid, I, instead of just writing it into my own journal, I wish I would have taken it and written it in their journal too, you know? So that, and sometimes I do, but so that every little story that you have about yourself, you know, because I always wish that I could go back and say, mom, tell me about when I was a kid, you know? And she's like, I don't even remember, it was so long ago. <laughs> and I'm like, dang. So that just happens, you know, you just forget. 
So I like that we could go back and read our stories. I think the other thing is finding like a way that works for you to journal. Cause I think like sitting down and writing in a journal can be really overwhelming, but like yeah. our dad recently started an Instagram account cause Instagram makes it really easy. There's lots of platforms where you can just like print out a book of all your Instagram posts from a year. And so he started using that as a form of journaling or I know lots of people will do like voice memos. Well, they're just for like record just them talking and that becomes their journal. And so I think finding an easier way to do it can also be one way to implement that. Yes, and I do wish that I had an easier way to implement pictures because pictures do say so much. So in my journals, I don't really have pictures, but, um, and then sometimes I think I'm gonna go and take all of her pictures and put them and I'm gonna write the story underneath them, you know, and like just all of those things, it just takes time, right? But same thing, you could just say, every Sunday I'm gonna pick one of the pictures and I'm gonna write the story of it, you know, and just make a little book or whatever, but yeah, so I do like that idea of the Instagram journal. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of shifting gears into something totally different. I know you've kind of mentioned this a couple times, but I'd like to know kind of your thoughts on finishing school prior to having kids and going back to school as a mom. Um, just kind of that, your thoughts on that. Okay, I want to totally say finish before you have kids because it is so hard after you have kids. And I don't know of like a good time. I guess this year is maybe going to be my good time because all my kids will finally be in school all day, right? But I'm just like, huh, it would be nice if I was already done with school. However, when I look at how I feel about school right now compared to then, First of all, I have a totally, like I've lived this whole lifetime, this 20 years of a lifetime that has helped me define who I am and understand who I am. So when I went to school then and I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, now I feel pretty sure about what I want to do. And so, and then the other thing is, is when I was going to school then, I was just like trying to get school done, but now I like want to learn. I want to know what they have to say, you know? And dad was trying to figure out the easiest, fastest route for me to get my degree done and he's like actually doing a teaching degree is kind of a hard route for you because you don't have very many classes that go with that so it would probably be easier to do some other degree and then just do whatever that little thing is where you can if you have a bachelor's degree you can become a teacher and I'm like but I actually want to know how to be a teacher like every one of these classes I get so excited about I want to take these classes, you know? So I just think that you have a different level of excitement about learning and you just look at it in a different way. And so, I don't know, I'm kind of excited to go back and learn it with my 45-year-old mind instead of my 20-year-old mind. And just like, and now I can pull on experiences from my life and say, yeah, that textbook is right. That really does happen like that. I have experienced that or else be like, uh, not in my experience. Like they should probably do some more research on this one. Cause that's not how it really is, you know? And I can just like come into it from a different perspective, but it would have been easier. Like if right now I had my teaching degree already, if I had finished it, then already this year I could go be a teacher. Right. But instead I've got a few years ahead of me before I can do that. So I don't know. Both routes are good. I'd say. Okay, if you could give your self advice when you like, back when you were a a mom of young kids or other people if they're like just starting out having young kids, what advice would you give? Hmm, I would say pray more often and seek personal revelation for each situation more often because I did spend a lot of time 
feeling like I was just trying to find the answers, like reading parenting books and trying to figure out how to make this kid stop biting and how to make this happen and this happen. And usually, even though I think all of those learning things are good and they probably did help me get to my end conclusion, I feel like that God has better answers, that he knows that that kid he knows your personality he knows that kid's personality which every one of your kids have a different personality so it's like you have to do something different with every kid but he knows all of that he can take that all into account and I just wish that maybe I had pulled like tried to use the power of God more in my life in relation to my kids in fact like I want to start doing that even now I just think that um God is willing to give you inspiration because he wants your family to be awesome. He wants you to have a loving relationship. He wants you to grow, and he will help you a lot more than you ever even thought was possible. And he can make more out of your family than you can. Cool. Well, before we wrap it up, is there anything else that you would want to talk about that we haven't touched on? Well, I think the one thing that... I was really surprised about that I think lots of people are surprised about is just how hard it is to be a mom and so we go into it thinking this is gonna be so great and then you get there and you're like oh my gosh this is difficult and you think should I have even been a mom I'm not a good mom I shouldn't even be doing this I should go to work and hire someone to babysit my kids or whatever all the thoughts that you think when you're doubting yourself and you're doubting if you should have even been a mom chosen, if you chose correctly. And sometimes I just think that we have to realize that anything that you want in life, you have to make sacrifices for. And part of the hardness of being a mom is that you're willing to sacrifice something. But that's how it would have been for any choice that you made. If you made a choice to go to college, college is hard. You have to do hard things, you have to sacrifice time, you have to sacrifice money. You have to sacrifice for the good things that you want in life. A new job, you know that you're going to have to sacrifice to be good at whatever job you choose to do. There's just going to be sacrifices. So you just choose which thing is most important and you be willing to make the sacrifices for it. And so you don't have to think, oh my gosh, I'm a terrible mom. You just like when things are hard, you just think, yeah, it is hard. Anything I would have chosen would be hard right now. But this is the thing that I choose above anything else and I know that this is a good thing to choose and I want to help my kids the best I can you know and so you're just willing to do what it takes awesome well thank you for recording this with us this is all really helpful this was helpful to you guys as well who are listening Um, if you want to find us anywhere else we will also have links down below Um, we have lots more content that's coming out on blogs and instagram um, so you can find us over in those places we'd also really appreciate it if you'd like and review this podcast Um, that helps as far as visibility and other people finding the podcast Um, but we will see you next week